In this episode, I'm talking with one of the most sought after marketing consultants in the industry, Katie Lance. If you don't know Katie, you should. She's the former social media director and chief strategist for Inman News, and she speaks at marketing events all across the country. Huge brands like Remax, DocuSign, and Homekeeper have hired Katie to help them tell their stories and engage with audiences on social media. But today, she's giving away her expertise for free. In this interview, you'll hear Katie's best tips on how to build a successful and affordable content strategy and why video is a must-have part of that strategy. This is an episode you won't want to miss. Hi, this is Dan Stewart from Happy Grasshopper. This is Chris Smith. Hi, this is Katie Lance, and you're listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. Welcome to the Marketing Genius Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes with the most brilliant real estate professionals and brands to uncover the latest digital marketing tools and tricks for your online arsenal. Now, here are your hosts, Seth Price and Matt Barbet. Katie, thank you so much. We are super, super excited to have you. Um, I would love if you could tell us a little bit of how you got started in marketing. Absolutely. So, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Our pleasure. Um, I've been in the marketing and branding world for about 15 years and um, most recently went out on my own about almost about three years ago, decided to uh, leave uh, a corporate job and, and start my own consulting firm. And my whole passion is really about marketing and branding and my consulting firm really focuses on social media. So as, as much as I love social, I, I know that it's not a you know, it's, it's, it shouldn't just be a bolt on <laughs> to any marketing yeah. strategy. I really believe that it's a part of a bigger picture. And so I worked with a number of different companies, large and small in, in the past. And, uh, you know, now it's really exciting to, to work with a lot of different brands and a lot of different companies from, you know, large corporations to, uh, to scrappy startups and, uh, and, and work with them on their digital strategy. That's great. And, uh, I understand that some many, many years ago you worked with Cutco. Is that correct? I did. I did. That was really actually kind of my my first real job, if you will. I started uh, working for Cutco when I was in college. And, so, uh, you know, anybody who's done any direct sales knows that if you if you can do direct sales, you can do just about anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I worked my way through college and then uh, worked my way into management with them. I actually worked for them for about eight years and um, got a tremendous amount of experience in sales, marketing, training. Um, and it was such a great foundation for where I'm at today. So yeah, absolutely. It's a great product too. <laughs> and they are, I mean, I've marveled at, I've met many people just, you know, through the course of life who have worked with Cutco and they are all exceptional marketers. Like they've all, it seems like it's a breeding ground for uh, <laughs> folks that, that if you can last there and sort of hone your chops, you can do really well. It's true. Yeah. It's, you, you learn quite a bit about yourself and self-discipline and, uh, and marketing yourself. You know, I think the best salespeople understand that it's about building relationships with people. And it's also about being able to promote yourself in a way that's, you know, not, not smarmy or spammy, but, uh, but doing so in a really smart way. So makes a big difference. So when you were doing Cutco, um, we weren't sort of in the throes of digital. What's, what's changed, um, since you were, you know, those years back, what's changed in the social space and the digital space? 
Oh, so much. And I'm probably going to date myself as I say this. <laughs> but uh, yes, I worked with Cutco sort of in the mid 90s through early 2000s. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, this was before really I had a cell phone before um, even email. I mean, everything that we done had done at that point was pretty much through, you know, through the phone and yeah. through, um, you know, it was it was all about uh, you know, doing, doing some of the Cutco presentations in home. I mean, Cutco has been an in-home uh, product for such a, for many, many years, 50 plus years. Um, and so it was all about the phone and getting really comfortable with getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah. If you will. Yep. Um, and so that, I think that's, that's a big thing. You know, it's, it's awesome to see where Cutco has gone and now they have a whole digital strategy and they, they work with realtors and they've got a whole, you know, home show program. And, um, when I was there, it was just, it was just about sort of the belly to belly. It was about the face to face and, and, and making those, those phone calls without any of the digital stuff, without websites, without even, like I said, without, without even email. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't really have an email till you know, a couple years later in college, or I should say I had email, but it wasn't like it is today. You know, I think we all had email in college at some point, but it just, it wasn't like the communication that we have today. And I can only imagine anyone who's a, who's in Cutco now using digital tools like social media and just, um, you know, even, uh, you know, mobile and texting and, and, and everything that goes involved with that. It's, um, such big opportunities for sure. One of the things I've always admired about you is your ability to make digital feel human. And, Thank you. And I, it always, it reminds me that there's so many things that still haven't changed. And I'd love to get your perspective on that. Like what hasn't changed? So we have all these new tools and we've got these platforms and, you know, people spend a lot of time online, but there's still some things that are evergreen. What are those for you? Absolutely. And that's a huge compliment. So thank you for that. Um, I mean, I'm a big believer that regardless of technology and, and mobile and social media, that there's there's nothing like that human element. And I think what hasn't changed is the fact that, um, you know, there's there's nothing like uh, that that human human interaction. I mean, for example, if you're trying to sell any kind of product or market any product, you can't just, you know, jump on the phone and say, hi, you know, I'm here to sell X, Y, Z. I think one of the biggest skills I learned from, from my Cutco days was the art of building rapport and the bar, our art of, of making people feel comfortable with you and, and the art of chit chat, you know, the, the art of being able to, to sit down and have a conversation for five or 10 minutes, not about your business, not about what you're selling, but just getting to know somebody and building trust. And that hasn't changed. And yeah. so when I look at, you know, when I look at how I use digital technology now, it's all about building trust. And so how, how can you build trust in a digital world, world where people can't necessarily see you or hear you? And, and now there's some exciting technologies like, you know, like, like Periscope is a great example. Yeah. One of the reasons I've been so bullish on Periscope is because it sort of bridges the gap and, and people can see you and hear you. And it's pretty hard to hide behind that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and uh, that, that personal piece of it makes such a big, big difference. I'd love to switch gears and talk a little bit about um, one of the industries that you focus on, which is real estate. You know, I find, you know, our company focuses on real estate professionals and I still see lots of folks that don't seem to invest in their marketing. How do you explain to folks in in that industry the value of online marketing? I know that with an agency, you're, you know, you're constantly going, hey, there's some real value here and this is how I think you should apply yourself. How, how do you message that? Yeah, it's 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 an important conversation, and I, uh, you know, it's it's a conversation I'm having all the time with brokerages, large and small. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think a lot of times what happens with marketing is that people who aren't involved with marketing always wonder, well, what is it that marketing is doing and what's the result? Like, what's the yeah. ROI? You know, who's, uh, we're doing marketing because we're trying to recruit or we're trying to sell more homes or get more listings. And one of the things I try to re remind agents and brokerages and franchises all about is that with marketing, it's, it's about the marathon and not the sprint. And you may not see results from an ad you do today or a Facebook post you post today or an Instagram photo you throw up, you know, this afternoon, but it's the cumulative effect of what you do day in and day out. And there's something to be said about being, about being consistent and having that consistent voice and whether, you know, a lot of brokerages don't realize this, but, but for many, many agents and, and clients before they ever contact you or call you or email you, they're doing their due diligence. They're Googling yeah. you, they're checking, they're checking you out. So what do you, what do you look like online? What does your website look like? Not just on your computer, but what does it look like when someone's standing in line at Starbucks and they're going to pull up your, your email or your website on their, on their iPhone, like most people do. Um, and so kind of walking through people through that. And, and sometimes I think a lot of people in real estate don't, don't always look at it from that other side, yeah. you know, and if you were buying or selling a house or you were, you know, uh, maybe a, an agent looking to, to switch brokerages, what does that experience look like for you? What, and what are the things that you look like? So, uh, it's hard though. I mean, it's, it's continually in conversation, um, and just sort of painting that picture of what that user experience feels like. Yeah. So let's say I'm a brand new agent. And what are, you know, the top three things I need to think about to get my marketing off to a good start? Well, I think one of the first things I always say is it's really about the why, like, you know, what, why are you trying to do this and what's your, what's your goal and what, and how do you want to come across, um, you know, digitally, what's your brand all about? And your brand is one of those things, as you know, I think gets a lot of times gets sort of confused with someone's logo or the fonts on their website or what colors they're picking. And you know, your brand is, is who you are and, and your strengths and also your personality. So I think the first place is that there's a lot of benefit in taking some time as, as a brand new agent to think about why, why they got into the business, why they love what they do. You know, what are the things that they're passionate about? Who are the type of people that they want to work with? Um, you know, and then also I think getting some, some partners in line with them, you know, finding a great website pro uh, provider, finding a great, uh, uh, you know, maybe a consultant or coach who can kind of help them get some of these pieces in a row. I think a lot of times as a brand new agent, they're, they're, they're new and they're hungry and they, and they, they, they feel like they can't outsource anything or, or hire anyone. They're nervous about that. But sometimes when you bring in, you know, a consultant or a coach to sort of help talk through some of that processes, it can make a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've become a big proponent of coaches. I think I was many, many years ago, but I, I may, you know, how you forget things that you've already learned. Um, yes. <laughs> and I, I recently got a speaking coach because, you know, I'd been speaking a lot. I you know, speak a few times a month and I realized in watching my own videos that there was a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> and so, uh, it's been a, it's been a really great experience, which I, I hope is from the other side, from the, you know, the listener side, when they're watching me speak, I hope that they uh, get to reap the benefits as well. Absolutely. Well, and you, and you never stop improving. You know, yeah. I think that's, that's a, that's a big thing, whether you're brand new to the business or you've been in the business a long time. I mean, I was just recently, just to give an example on the phone with someone who, um, had been, has been in the business a very long time. And, um, this person is very like, this is how I do my business. And not, not to say that they're sort of stuck in their ways, but I think that there's, we all go through that where we think this is how I do business. This is what I want to do. And there's a, there's a very fine line between being true to who you are and then being open to new opportunities. Yeah. 
Yeah, right? that makes complete sense. So tell me, for the more experienced folks, what do you see some of the biggest challenges that they're struggling with? Um, I think some of the biggest challenges, especially from a digital and social media perspective, is just you know, keeping up with everything. I think there's so many new things that are that are flying by. There's so many new shiny objects and apps and widgets that none of us want to feel left behind. We all want to feel like that we're up to up to date with the time. So, uh, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that that anybody can focus on is is getting a strategy together. I mean, I know you and I have talked about this time and time again, but there's when you've got a, an overall strategy, especially a content strategy of what it is that you want to accomplish, what what's your message that you want to get out there, and you can really get behind some sort of content strategy, whether that's blogging or or video or uh, whatever that might be, you know, then I think you can really look at some of the different pieces and go, okay, well, does it make sense to you know be on Instagram or be on LinkedIn or Twitter or YouTube or <laughs> where does it make sense and you know, a lot of people get overwhelmed because there are so many places, there's so many options for, for people to do things. But I, I would say, you know, take a step back, figure out your overall strategy, especially with, with content. Content's going to be that, that major driver. So you'll have an idea of, of what your content's going to look like the next 30, 60, 90 days, and everything else will drive around that. Yeah. You know, if, you, if, you, if you've got a specific piece of content you're going to talk about this week, well, what does that look like on your blog? What does that look like on video? Maybe you do a podcast about it. Maybe you do a Facebook ad around it. Maybe you tweet it out five times. Like everything sort of revolves around that. And then, you know, instead of going, oh my gosh, what are we going to post today? <laughs> or, yeah. you know, or gosh, I haven't posted something in three days or, or five days or whatever. Um, I think consistency, people struggle with that. So go, just, again, taking kind of a step back about, and looking at their strategy makes a huge difference. And, and what about the folks that, I mean, I think everyone can sort of create a budget because if you're in business, you've got to figure out how to spend on marketing. But what about the folks with very little budget? Like, where do you start there? Um, I think if you have very little budget, then, then even more reason to think about content strategy, you know, and to think about what's your story, what are, what could you talk about that, that isn't necessarily selling you, but it's, it's, it's providing value to anybody who's reading your content. And nowadays, you know, even if you don't have a blog on your website, you could do, uh, you, you could publish through LinkedIn for free. You could publish yeah. on, uh, you know, medium.com. Both of those are, are, you know, tremendous opportunities to get your, to get your message out there and to start building, you know, building your brand at basically for free. What you're paying for, of course, is your time. Same thing with video. I mean, we, uh, of course you could pay to do some high end video. You could hire a videographer, you know, you could also just, you know, take out your iPhone or your Android and, and buy a, a, a $10 tripod, <laughs> you yeah. know, and start doing, start creating some content. I think a lot of times when you're brand new or you don't have a budget, you feel like I don't have money to spend on Facebook ads. I don't have any money to hire anybody, but you can start with where you're at, you know, start with sitting down with a piece of paper and a pen and writing down the 10 questions that you get asked time and time again. And that's your first 10 blog posts or that's your, your, your first, you know, 10 videos that you, that you shoot. And when you start going down that road of creating some content and then, you know, strategically putting that out once a week or every other day, it, it again, with the consistency, it makes, it makes a huge difference. When you were at Inman, um, you got, you produced a lot of videos. I remember, uh, you know, some of my favorite videos were sort of you either interviewing someone or walking through, you know, walking through how to use a tool. Um, yeah. It's such a powerful medium. It is. It's video. I mean, we've been talking about video marketing for years. And I know this particular year I've been, you know, extra gung ho on video because I'm such a 
I'm such a big believer in it. And it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, that, that there's nothing like hearing someone and then seeing somebody. Yeah. And it really helps to get your message across. It just, you, you connect with people. And I think there's such value in, especially short, short form video, when you can give one tip or two or three tips and you're, you know, you're short and you're concise. And, you know, I always say, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's amazing to me because I still get people like yourself, Seth, who say, gosh, I remember those Inman videos, you know, and, and that's such a great testament to video, you yeah. know, it, a tweet lasts a couple minutes, but video can last years. I mean, yeah. you think of that lasting impact video can have, it's so powerful. So tell me some of the things that you're doing now. I mean, I've seen uh, videos on your website and I've seen some of the smaller ones, but what, what's your strategy and what's been working? Sure. So there's really three things. The first is I'm doing, um, I am working with a, a local video production company. Um, and, and part of that is, is you know, as, as much as I can edit video and I know how to do it, I have really focused this year on doing things that I love and speaking to my strengths and then outsourcing the rest <laughs> because yeah. I've found that, you know, your time is all you have. So um, I have been working with a, pro a professional uh, video production company to do some professionally edited shorter, shorter form videos that are um, kind of evergreen, you know, content that that's not just relevant today, but it'll be relevant in six months or, or in, you know, a year or whatever it might be. So I'm doing that. I'm also doing some quick um, videos just for my office, um, especially if something's timely, you know, there's a new app update, there's a new update with Facebook ads, there's, you know, a, a question I, I, I got asked a few times and I felt like that would be relevant to throw up on Facebook. So I'm doing some sort of, you know, kind of organic video, if you will, just, you know, kind of homemade. Um, yeah video and I find that that's, that's effective too. And are you um, shooting all, those yourself? Yeah. I'm just, again, I've got a little, like I said, I got you know, a little 10 or $15 tripod. I've got my phone set up and um, just right in my office and I'll just do, usually those are just about a minute in length. Yeah. And, and those particular videos I will, uh, I, so depending on what the content is, sometimes those will go up on YouTube. They always, they almost always go up on Facebook organically because Facebook, you know, video is, has just been huge this year in, in terms of like reach and, you know, yeah. and what you mean lights. by that just for folks listening is that they are uploaded directly to Facebook as opposed to linked from YouTube. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it takes an extra step, but, um, you know, the, the amount of views and reach that you can get just from Facebook is, um, is tremendous. Um, and then the third big thing with video this year has been Periscope. Um, you know, Periscope I know you're launched, a big uh, proponent of Periscope. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm, yeah, I, and you know, I'm, I'm very hesitant to sort of jump on any new platform. I mean, I think you and I are a lot of like Seth and the fact that if something new comes along, I don't, I don't necessarily want to be on the, you know, every new bandwagon, but, um, this whole concept of live streaming, whether it's Meerkat or Periscope, um, at the risk of sounding corny, I really do feel like it's a game changer and it's, it's similar to video in the sense that you are being recorded and it, 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 you know, an actual live stream records to your phone. So you have a piece of content after this live stream, but there's something, uh, just pretty incredible about live streaming because in the past we've had live streaming apps, of course, but it's always, it hasn't been necessarily easy for the average person to live stream. And what Periscope and Meerkat have, have done is they've given anybody the ability to take out their phone and broadcast from anywhere in the world and not just broadcast, but have a two way conversation. And so, you know, for example, I will, I will jump on uh, Periscope once or twice a day and do a quick Periscope about, you know, maybe a recent blog post I've done or, uh, you know, something about social media strategy. And, uh, you know, I might have an idea of, okay, I'm going to share these two or three tips, but it, 
it's so much more than that because people are commenting and they're engaging and I'm having this two-way dialogue. And as a marketer, what's been so exciting is it's opened up sort of a whole new world of people that um, I wasn't necessarily connected with before. So That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're still in the very early stages. It just launched, uh, you know, early 2015. So we'll see where it goes. But it's um, just to give you a perspective, Seth, in the in the uh, not to not to date myself or anything, but I've been blogging for you know a number of years. On my own website, for the past two and a half years, I've published a, probably about 140 blog posts in the yeah. last two and a half years. Well, in the last 80 days with Periscope, I have broadcast about 140 times. <laughs> Crazy. So I have created almost as much content, if not more content, you know, on Periscope <laughs> compared to blog content. And again, not that I'm not that, you know, my blog is going to go away anytime soon, but it's, it's been one other way to kind of repurpose content, not necessarily reinvent the wheel, but repurpose content and open my message up to a, to a bigger audience. So that's fantastic. And, and are you repurposing the, the Periscope recordings? I haven't yet, but I will be. That's sort of the next the next step to that. Um, what I've found is that the recordings themselves can be can be kind of long and they're conversational because they're they're in the moment. So what I'm going to be doing is taking some of the ones that I feel like are the the better ones that have some great conversation and kind of editing down, um, you know, kind of a highlight reel or or sort of the best sound bites from some of those. So um, that's definitely next on my list for sure. That's fantastic. So I'd love. I mean, you do so much in social. What do you see for agents that they should be doing online? And I think the the converse to that is what should they stop doing online? Yeah, <laughs> both good questions. Um, you know, I think what they should be doing, a couple things. I mean, obviously, uh, you and I are big believers in having a strategy. That's a huge thing. I, I know I kind of, you know, beating the drum about having a strategy over and over again. But having a strategy in the sense of, of what you're going to put out there in terms of online, especially social, having a content strategy. But also, I think it's equally important for an agent to have a strategy of listening and a strategy of being a part of the conversation. And, you know, so much of what we talk about in social is about what we're going to post and what we're going to spend and Facebook ads and landing pages. And that's all very important. But the other piece of that is is the listening part of it yeah, and so and the, true and the personal piece of it and i think sometimes we discount that a lot i mean i have conversations with agents and brokers who go you know i just don't have time for this i don't understand why are people posting cat videos i could care less and i have to remind them that it's not about them it's a it's not about them it's about the person that's posting that because anybody who's posting something it's it's important to them yeah so as an agent that doesn't mean you need to be on facebook all day long nor should you be but can you carve out five minutes a day where you're going to Facebook and you're clicking on a, a list that you created of the 10 clients you're working with right now. And you, you go to that list and you go, well, what are those 10 people talking about today? Oh, they're talking about the fact they're going on vacation. Their kids are in little league. They just got a new dog and they're going to take five minutes to, to, to comment or to engage or to, to send them a private message or to pick up the phone and call them because they saw something really cool that, that they, that they posted about. And so it's, it's such a little teeny thing, but that's how, you know, again, to go back to what you talked about in the beginning, how do you make digital personal? That's how you do it, right? You've got your, your business strategy over here with what you're going to talk about on a professional level, but you can't forget the personal piece of it, especially with social media. Are you using any tools to help you scale your social interactions? Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, uh, 
I'm a big believer in lists um, for Facebook specifically. I love lists. Um, lists are private. So the only one who knows that you created a list or, you know, yourself. So I have a, I have a, a private client list. I have a potential client list. I have a, and of course, you know, friends and family. Um, and that's, just having that system, I've had that system for a number of years. You probably heard me talk about remember, that at yeah. any conferences. I've probably had that system for at least five years. Um, that's a that's a huge way to, to sort of scale what I'm doing. I do the same thing with Twitter uh, because I find some people are on both platforms, but most are on one or the other. So I have some specific Twitter lists set up of again clients, potential clients, um, you know, other kind of key people that I want to you know, stay top of mind. And uh, one, one second there, how do you create sure. private lists on Twitter? I've always used a separate random Twitter account to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, what you do is you go to twitter.com forward slash lists. And when you, cr there's a little button that says create list and you can actually pick public or private. Oh, I love that. I missed that when they rolled it out. Yeah, it was, they sort of quietly rolled this out a few years ago and not a lot of people realize. So you're not alone <laughs> by any means. Um, but yeah, I have, you know, obviously I have some public lists, which I don't mind that are public, but then, you know, for client lists or, yeah, you, you know. wouldn't want to put the potential client <laughs> list as a public one. No, no, not at all. Not at all. And so that's, you know, that's a big part of my strategy. I've, I have those lists set up and then I also use Hootsuite. Um, I've used Hootsuite for, I don't know, probably five or six years at least. And, um, Hootsuite, there's, there's other great products out there. Sprout Social is another one. But, you know, any kind of tool like that will help you sort of keep keep some of those things top of mind. So, you know, I'll use Hootsuite to, to really easily pick, pull up some of those saved lists that I have and saved searches. And um, I do schedule some of my some of my posts, um, yeah. not, not everything, but especially because I'm creating so much content, I'm, I'm blogging at least twice a week. I'm you know, now I'm periscoping every day. I'm creating a lot of content. So part of my social strategy is to drive traffic back to my website and you know, scheduling some of that content and then being there in between to, you know, respond and, you know, obviously engage with people is, is really important. Having a good balance, I think is key. I don't think, I don't think scheduling is a dirty concept. I think many people have felt, I think many people take it too far and they only use scheduled, you know, social yep. media engagement. And that's like, you know, all you're doing is shouting in a, right. in a room. But I think <laughs> that there's some great tools out there. I, I love the ones you mentioned. I also like, um, Edgar. I don't know if you've yes, used that. Yes. I, I just started using Edgar. I love it. Yeah. Yes. That one's really great. Uh, and then I like the, uh, Zapier interactions with things mm -hmm. like, uh, you know, LinkedIn or Twitter where you can have it, uh, post your most recent post to a LinkedIn group or something like that automatically. So you can sort of touch all those places that you would just wouldn't have time to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I, I agree. I think sometimes scheduling or the word automation gets really this sort of bad reputation and it's all, it all depends on how you, how you do it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, for example, one of my clients, we have a, we use if this, then that, yeah. you know, another um, great one. Yeah. And so, so just for certain things, so sim as simple as every time I post an Instagram photo, that will get tweeted as a Twitter photo, you know, so it shows up in the Twitter feed, not necessarily an Instagram photo. So just little teeny kind of hacks, you know, yeah. if you will, that, that just, you know, make it seem very seamless. And, and um, you know, and then the key, the key, like you said, is just jumping into the conversation, making sure you you've got a system in place for responding and engaging. And I know you've heard me say this before, but I'm a huge believer in no tweet left behind. Yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, so. Me too. Me too. I mean, I think that the, the scaling part of the automation is about, you know, automating the things that any monkey can do yes. and then being human where you can be human. 
because exactly. there's only so many hours in the day. And I think everyone, agents, brokers, you know, anybody who's in business is wearing so many different hats that yes. we, we need, all, need all the help we can get. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so you've seen a lot of real estate companies and brands um, do work on social and, and with their branding. Are there any that come to mind that are just crushing it online? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a little biased. Of course, I'm thinking of a few of my clients. Right? Uh, I'd love to know. <laughs> um, you know, one company I think is doing a really amazing job on social media um, is a brokerage, Sibsi uh, Klein. Sibsi um, Klein is an independent brokerage. They're one of the lar- largest brokerages in the Ohio area. Uh, they're an independent brokerage. They're part of leading real estate companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why I think these guys are, are really crushing it is they understand the value of celebrating their agents and celebrating their clients. Um, and so for example, they have a Facebook page called life at Sibsy Klein and their page crushes it. I mean, it, it crushes it in terms of just organic reach. And they also do a lot of, a lot of paid stuff too, but what, and it sounds so simple, but they, they do such a great job of celebrating their clients and celebrating their agents that when you go to their Facebook page, you have a real sense of what it feels like to work with that company. And I think that's one of the biggest opportunities in social media. So many times you go to a brokerage or a franchise's uh, Facebook page and it looks exactly the same as everybody else's. You know, they're, they're curating content and they're posting links from NAR or they're posting links from, a, uh, from HGTV. All, you know, and part of that is fine. But when that's all you see and you have no sense of, well, what is the company culture all about? then you're really missing a big opportunity. So I think, I mean, those guys are a great example. And, uh, you know, I would encourage anybody who's listening to, to just kind of check out what they're doing because especially with social media, you have such an opportunity to showcase what does it feel like to work with you? Yeah. And you ask, you know, any, any client, anyone who's buying or selling a home or any agent, uh, you know, of course the money part of this conversation is important. How much commission are you going to get? How much commission are you going to pay me? Whatever it might be. But it, it, there's also that personal part of it. And, you know, for, especially for an agent, you know, and as a real estate agent, it's, it's kind of a lonely job out there. And of course, an agent wants to get the highest commission. But if you ask any agent why they are leaving their brokerage so many times, it's because they don't feel recognized. They don't yeah. feel like they're a part of something. Um, and so, what, you know, what a great opportunity. As a brokerage, you're speaking to that agent community, but you're also speaking to the, you know, the community at large. So you're kind of catering to those two audiences. And how does that how does that translate? So photos and videos are, are such a huge piece of that. That's great. Where do you, where do you find or look for inspiration? Like what are your, some of your favorite books or blogs? Um, you know, I've been a big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk for years. I've been, I've read all his books and, um, you know, he's, he's such a great inspirational (laughs) person in terms of digital marketing and hustling and working hard. Um, you know, I also, I love Seth Godin, uh, been a, you know, big, big reader of his for a long time. Um, and then to, to go back to my Cutco days, I love Zig Ziglar, you know, yeah. I mean, his, his books are just classic sales books. Um, uh, you know, and, uh, even, uh, and then, you know, just, I don't know, there's so many great books I can mention. I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here, oh, that's fine. Um, but yeah, there's even, uh, you know, the, the classics, how to win friends and influence people, Dale Carnegie. I mean, there's, there's so many books that were written, before digital technology that have just have so many applications, you know, to today when it comes to working with people. And I'll just say one other thing really quick. I think because of technology, so many times we've lost the ability to have these conversations that aren't edited, you know, and 
when you can learn these skills, these people skills of, of how to how to have a phone call, how to how to meet with people in person, not just through texting, not just through Facebook. Like, there's so much value in that. You yeah. know, it's it's kind of an art, a lost art form in a lot of ways. Before we end, I'd love to get your thoughts on the future. You know, what's the biggest challenge facing the real estate industry today? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> um, you know, the biggest challenge facing the real estate industry, I mean, especially from a digital marketing perspective, I think is just focus. I mean, I think there's, again, more and more shiny objects. Every time you turn around, there's a new company selling XYZ. And I think it's important for any any brokerage to, you know, to, to really get focused about what they want to do. Um, and also you know, not be so nervous about trying new things that they don't do anything. And so many times I see this, it's like analysis paralysis and versus, you know what, let's try this out. We'll see if it works. If it doesn't, you know, we'll, we'll move on. And so having that kind of balance between not jumping on every bandwagon, but not being afraid to try new things, um, I think is important. And, you know, I also think it's important too, for, for people in the real estate industry to have people on their staff or consultants who can help them make some of those decisions. Yeah. You know, a lot, a lot of times people in real estate, they, they're amazing at real estate, but they, they may not have a, a marketing background or they may not have a, a technology background. And so sometimes it's kind of the blind leading the blind. And if you can have a consultant or coach, like you mentioned, who's, who can say, you know what, let me give you some advice. You know, this is, these are some questions that you should ask, or this is how I'd recommend that you, you know, you, you're going to, you're looking for X, Y, Z, here's some recommendations for what to look for. I, I think that's such a huge opportunity. That's awesome. Katie, what's the best way for people to find out more about you? Um, the best way is just my website, katielance.com. And I've got links to, you know, all my social profiles and everything, but katielance.com would be the, the best place for anybody to find me. Awesome. You've been extremely generous. I always love chatting with you and uh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much, Seth. It's always a pleasure. I always love our conversations and um, I appreciate the opportunity. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Marketing Genius Podcast. If you like what you've heard, be sure to write us a review on the iTunes store. For our full episode archive and access to exclusive bonus content, visit us online at playster.com slash podcast. If you have feedback about Marketing Genius or want to suggest topics and guests for future shows, drop us a line at podcast at playster.com. Don't settle for mediocre marketing. Become a marketing genius and start growing your real estate business online. The Marketing Genius Podcast is brought to you by Playster, the digital marketing platform for real estate professionals, brands, and organizations of all kinds. With beautiful websites, lead management tools, marketing automation, and an academy featuring the latest tools and tips, Playster offers real estate professionals everything they need to succeed online. Learn more at Playster.com.